The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hi guys, it's Lo. Welcome to a brand new episode of I Love Wellness. My friend Taryn Toomey's on the show today. Hi Taryn. Hello. Hi, so Taryn, you are the CEO and founder of The Class by Taryn Toomey. Oh, that's me. I've cried in your class before. Mm, I've heard that before. The tears stream out of my face. Break it open, baby. So I feel like a lot of people know about the class because you have been um, just an amazing fitness, mental health, spiritual guru for quite some time now. Mm. But I know that some listeners, probably not New York City people, might not know who you are. Mm. But um, we're going to get into it all today. Can't wait. So... I know that before we started recording, Taryn was like, do I have to tell you how I made the class? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's just such a long story. I know. But please tell us what is the class. Tell us about your method. Yep. The, okay. The, 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 the short spiel is fine. Yeah. Well, that's what I try to find. I'm like, which part of the short spiel am I going to go into? <laughs> so I grew up uh, in kind of a dysfunctional life, home, mm-hmm. all the things. I mean, we all have difficulties, but so we'll put that in that bucket. Um, and I always found that when I was moving and I was listening to music at an early age, that's when I felt okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So we can put that in that little corner. Sure. Um, did a bunch of sports, ended up working in corporate fashion, started, uh, in the retail store at Ralph Lauren, found myself moving to New York for a job in the corporate office, was always running to yoga, was mm-hmm. always wondering when I could move. Um, also dealing with a lot of kind of internal, external schisms going on. Like, why do I feel this way inside when things on paper seem to be okay? Mm -hmm. And I started seeking early on, uh, different types of ritualistic work down in Peru, different types of psychotherapy, different types of community-based kind of taking a peek at what was going on inside. Um, after a bunch of years of working in corporate fashion, I jumped ship. I started doing a yoga teacher training, taught yoga, moved to Boston, had my first daughter. A friend of mine that lived in Peru, Mama Kia, died. I was dealing with some grief. I ended up creating what is now the class in the mm-hmm. basement of my building as a way to, in essence, heal myself. Uh, it was a, I don't know, let's call it like 20 different practices that I had learned, kind of just downloaded into one thing. And that's where it marinated for about two years in the basement of my building. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to give it a name, and I just named it the class because I couldn't figure out what to call it. There were a lot of really interesting names being thrown around that were it's perfect. funny. But yeah, I mean, it's funny because when I first named it the class and the whole thing, you know, it, this was six years ago when I launched it, the idea of making sound back then, people would come in the room and be like, what is up with this girl and huh. what is wrong? Yeah, exactly. And, I love, that's my favorite part. Oh, it's my favorite part too. I mean, who doesn't <laughs> need to, huh? Yeah. Right? And then to have a space to do it with loud music and sweat, it's like, for me, I love that. It's good medicine. So anyway, named it the class, uh, started three days a week, and then it was just brick by brick from there. And mm-hmm. everybody always said to me, T, this is really just about you, and it's nothing that can be a method. And I knew in my soul, in my gut that it was me that birthed it it came through me but that it was something that could be taught to the right type of human that can embody the practice of what it is and then here we are so I love the class because it's and I think I I would love to get in a little bit deeper into sort of all of the different um 
things you talked about, all the different methods that you're combining into one, right, or the things that you've learned, right? It's it's cardio, it's meditative, it's yelling, it's so many different things. It's music. Mm-hmm. And I find that when I go to the class, whether you're the instructor or it's one of your other instructors, there's this buildup, mm-hmm. you know, it starts in a more calm, meditative place, and there's this amazing buildup that's like emotional and physical and the sweat and the, and the noise and everything, and then you bring us back down again at mm-hmm. the end, and mm-hmm. it's so cool. Yeah, it's beautiful that you notice that. Some people don't acknowledge that that's what we're doing, but there's a very specific design and arc to what we do in the class. And that's in our teacher training manual. That's just huge at this point because it's always getting updated with new ways that we're uh, ideating on what works and what opens people, what doesn't, what's Mm -hmm. safe, what's not. But that's exactly what it is. We start by, uh, it's one muscle group per song for the entire song. And then we invite students to close their eyes and notice what the mind is doing, understanding that the function of the brain is to create thoughts and it's just doing its job. Mm -hmm. And we first start by creating a fire in the physical body, right, before we start talking about anything in the world of like esoteric or spirituality or soul. Um, So we just bring students through a variety of movements, one muscle group per song, close the eyes, notice the feeling in the body. From there is really where the essence of the work is. You're having a thought about a feeling. Yeah. And we enter it through the physical body, and then eventually it's that we're addressing as the room opens up, what else does that apply to outside the room? So we invite students to bring other experiences in the room and then play around with what we're doing in there, which is noticing thought and then self-actualizing choice. Continue to repeat the thought or not. What you repeat, you strengthen. Mm-hmm. Whether it's your leg lift or it's the thought or it's the relationship with food or an ex-boyfriend or whatever, right? Fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Or your phone. Like... And the idea that you have a choice to acknowledge what you're doing, the impact it's having, and then reroute it as needed. And then after all of that, right, expressing sound, people can make sound if they're frustrated with feeling that. It becomes somatic, and then you leave the imprint in your physical body by self-actualizing choice, doing it, and then noticing how it feels after action. Mm -hmm. And in there it imprints in your system, and then you become your practice. Yeah. And then we do a heart opening at the end where we clean out the heart. I love that. Yeah, it's my favorite. I mean, we end every... I'm doing it right now. And that's usually when people have, you know, what we're doing is breaking down the physical body so people can actually feel what they're feeling. Why does that happen, though? Like, how did you discover that, you know, when you're moving your body in a certain way or thinking about something in a certain way that you can actually reach this sort of, like, emotional crescendo? Like, why do people cry in your class? Because oftentimes it's... What we're doing is we're gaining the trust of the student out of the gate to say, do it or don't. Right? Sure. That's step one. There's there's no approach in that class. Any teacher will never say to you, I have the answer. Listen to me. Cheer me on. I'm telling you what to do. Right? It's mm-hmm. not like a guru mentality at all. It's that you live in your physical body. You've collected all of your experiences throughout your entire life in your body. And the person that's holding the space in the room is just guiding the students to go in and take a peek at what's coming up. Yeah. And when you actually spend enough time... You know, there's a lot of sound, a lot of movement, and then there's also a lot of stillness. And Mm -hmm. when we come into the stillness, it's notice what comes up. And when the instructor or the teacher says that, it's notice what's coming up through the physical body. And oftentimes that's when people have these, like, epiphanies about things. Because you're gaining trust of yourself to bypass your mind and to move into listening from the gut, from the intuition. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we, we have these processes of, like, I can't believe that I have been talking to myself like that for that long or that I've been tolerating this level of 
just internal self-sabotage and like, wow, what it feels like to drop into the essence of my own heart and to realize how many people have been, you know, in there and how many thoughts I've had that are not about, you know, all these things usually leads to some sort of response. People laugh, people cry, people emote, people lay down, you know, so, but the process of being able to be in it and then to allow it, that's what the beauty of it is. It's really cool. So I will share a a story with you. You were not the instructor that day, but it was one of your instructors. I can't remember who, but it was maybe my first or second time there. And I'm somebody that has always dealt with anxiety, especially sort of in my, the later half of my twenties and and up through now. And I, you know, did talk therapy for years and talked all about my anxiety, you know, try to figure it out and whatever. And it was in your class and the conversation that your instructor was having with me that day that gave me the epiphany and changed my relationship to anxiety completely. So she was talking about anxiety the whole class that day, and I just happened to be there. And I think it was the winter, it was the 7.30 a.m. class, so it was still really dark in the morning when we got there. And she was talking to us about like making friends with your anxiety and changing your relationship to your anxiety. And it was the first time that anybody on the planet, including like many therapists, had had that conversation with me about mm. anxiety. Like, don't be fearful of it, embrace it, grasp it, hold on to it, make it your friend, not your enemy. And it was in your class that somebody was finally saying this to me. And I literally had this outpouring of emotion mm. when this was happening. And I think I was also like holding a squat while it was happening. And it was a very intense experience for me. But I will say I was on a Women's Wear Daily panel two weeks ago and I got an audience question, like, how do you deal with your anxiety? And I said, I changed my relationship with it. Mm. And it was very specifically because of this one instance in your class oh, that that happened. I so thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's such a gift that, you know, to be of service and that this class is servicing people's heart and awareness. Yeah. What you said is really what we're doing in there. We're noticing our relationship to the feeling and then going into the feeling because yeah. there's information in it. There's information in anxiety. Yeah, totally. There's information in feeling alone. There's information in feeling intense, right? Yeah, of And course. if you look at it and welcome it and be like, what's up? Draw a little roadmap around it. Yeah. Then you have a different relationship and that's where the freedom is. Of course. It's about like being kind to yourself and being mm. willing to be kind to yourself, I think. You know yeah, and I mean? understanding that, you know, we have a soul, a spirit, call it what you will, mm. in your physical body that chose this body that's in there. And if you're just living in your head or externalizing all of your experiences by looking or judging or blaming, there's no acknowledgement of how beautiful that is. Yeah. And that's what's so beautiful about people, you know? It's their spirit. And then we do all these crazy things, especially like look at what's going on in this, like even in in the, like with people like altering their faces all the time and all this constant external, like if you do this, your body is like, it just goes back to that saying of like, if you get the inside right, Mm -hmm. right, the, the, the outside begins to fall into place. So that's really what we're working with. Yeah. I also really love, especially when, well, if it's a small class or it's totally full, but the energy that everybody brings into that room is a very supportive energy. Mm. And everybody knows that you're there to just like, be together and create energy, honestly. Mm. Like you're there to create energy for yourself and for everybody else that's there. And it's really wild to me and amazing how everybody just completely just 
drops their ego in that class and just allows themselves to get into it. It's unlike anything I've ever seen before, to be honest with you. And maybe it's because we're in New York and so everybody is just totally willing to do that stuff here. I, I don't know if it's like regional. I'm sure you travel everywhere and it happens everywhere, but... Um, well, it doesn't happen everywhere. Oh, it doesn't happen everywhere. Not to interrupt you, forgive me, but um, it doesn't. It's but there's what is this, it about New York? Well, it, it, <laughs> where people it's, are like, we're here. It's to just scream. the human experience <laughs> to what it is, right? Yeah. If you're sitting in the brain and the whole time you're thinking, "Am I doing this right?" Mm-hmm. And so that's where the teacher comes in, where the teacher has to set the scaffolding around the room. Yeah, there's no right or wrong. It's do it or don't. But it's notice why why you're doing it. Notice why you're hanging out in the squat for five minutes. You're hanging out because you're like, I'm actively strengthening my body and aware of my relationship to the feeling. And then people start to do it because they realize nobody's telling them to do it. Mm. And then you realize your own potential in that. So it's, that's the, the, the instructor's job is to create that space. And every market's different. Every group is different. You know, if it's, younger, older, male, female, whatever it is, sure. you're still human and everybody's response are going to be different. So that's really where the teaching and the design of what we're doing comes in. Yeah. It takes longer in some, you know, new groups than it, than it, we have a bunch of OGs in New York. So you drop in and people are like, all right, here I am. Like, we're here. Yeah. We're here to do this. <laughs> yeah. It's 7.30 in the morning. That's right. Right now. Get it done. Exactly. So as it turns out, there is no one size fit all when it comes to shampoo and conditioner, I think as you guys all know and agree. And as a blonde, I have always personally really struggled to find a shampoo and conditioner that keeps my hair shiny and healthy while also preventing that dreaded brassiness. Then I discovered Pros. And if you don't know about Pros, they make personalized shampoo and conditioner and they have given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started with their algorithm and over 50 billion formula combinations pros determined a unique blend of ingredients to treat my exact concerns i took the quiz on pros's website and the level of detail it goes into to understand your unique hair type is so unmatched they want to learn everything from your hair goals to your hair type they even want to learn what environmental factors like stress and air quality might affect you so that they they can create the best formula for you the cool thing is it took me no more than five minutes to complete and by the end i had received a free hair consultation and a unique formula for shampoo and conditioner made just for me. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. All you have to do is go to pros.com slash ILW. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash ILW for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Now back to I Love Wellness. So tell me, I know that you take the class on the road. And mm-hmm. so how do you, how, how do people find out about you in all of these sort of like different areas? Is it that they've come to New York once and they've taken your class? Because I know that you have these really successful programs where you go out and you travel. Yep. I see your photos on Instagram. Uh, did you do the class at like the Natural History Museum yeah, or something? <laughs> It's fun. I did that with Daybreaker. They're a great, That's very great cool. team to collaborate with. Um, so tell me how when you have like 500 people in one of these things, how do you sort of create the space then? Because it's really like at, 
at the macro level, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we've taught up to 1,400 people in one class before. That's crazy. Yeah, it's the, the beauty of the class is that all you need is your body, right? You yeah. don't need any props. You, you don't even need a mat. I mean, a mat is great because if you're in a packed room, it gives you your, your, your space. lot of land. Yeah. But, um, it, and because you're just repeating one motion for the entire song, it's a safe movement practice. Yeah. So you have to just, you just set it up out of the gate. This is, you, you call out the things that you know people are probably going to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to look around. You're going to want to check out your neighbor. Right. Go in. Right. And then we acknowledge by setting the tone, what you are doing is what you are practicing. You are in a practice. Mm-hmm. That's also called life. Right. Yeah. What you're doing, you're practicing and then you become your practice. So you imprint that early on and then the music and the playlists and the way that we we design the playlists are all around different types of swells really mm-hmm. big expression movements lots yeah. of hard cardio the music sorry to totally it's, interrupt yeah you. no i mean that's <laughs> like the music for me that's such medicine you know and if you can understand how to put a song next to another song after a build-up and then the movements to it and then drop in and get quiet and look at what comes through. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just, I constantly, people sending me things and I'm exploring. I mean, music's a huge part of it. I spend hours on my playlist. I mean, not hours anymore, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely like drawing a painting. It's you very know? thoughtful. Yes, very, yeah. very thoughtful. I love that. Um, yeah, I will say that the only time I can do burpees for four or five minutes in a row is eight. at the class. Yeah. Eight minutes? Do we do it for eight Sometimes, minutes? Yeah, but you don't tell people because what you're yeah, doing is you're practicing it? doing one more. Yeah. That's what we're practicing. Just one more. Because when yeah. you get ahead of yourself and you start thinking, I can't do this one and this is going to be over, living in fear, right? You're living in the thing that hasn't happened yeah. and probably won't happen, right? So if you just stay present, get through one more, breathe through it. That's how it imprints on how to practice life, right? Yeah. It's, it's here. It's, it's, it's just now. being in the present moment. And I think for a lot of people, you know, when you um, create uh, boundaries around stuff when it comes to fitness, it, that is when the mind c- steps in and becomes really challenging. You know, it's really hard to do 20 burpees. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in your class, apparently we're doing it for eight minutes. It's it's wild to me. Yeah, it's funny because people will say It's to like me, you transcend. Uh, yeah, well, that's what we're working with. Yeah. We're looking to bypass the mind and get into the ability, your own ability, right? Yeah. And become aware of your own ability. And really the things that are blocking you in life. And take a look at those things that are blocking you and, and track them and see where they came from and how long they've been there and what mm-hmm. they're interrupting in your own process of growth. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I posted on my Instagram story that you were coming on the podcast and I asked, do you have any questions for Taryn Toomey? And we got so many questions. Oh, so I'm I gonna, can't wait. I'm going to ask you some of the questions. All right, babe. Rapid fire here. Uh, well, they're not going to be rapid fire. Okay. Um, what does your day-to-day look like? Hmm. That's one of the questions. Uh, drop my kids at school, go mm. work out of some sort. I mean, on Mondays and Wednesdays, I teach in the middle of the day, so that's usually my workout. Uh-huh. Um, I usually, like, wake up. I mean, if you want to get granular, like, brush my teeth, put a face mask on, get the kids ready, pop upstairs, meditate, um, even if it's for five minutes, just yeah. to, like, get the thing settled. Totally. And then off to the day. It's so, depending on the day, it's so different. Do you do workouts that are not your own workouts? Yeah. I oh. do. I'll go to yoga or uh-huh. I, I'll, um, yeah, I'll go to yoga. I mean, I'll go to Soul Cycle every now and again. Sure. Got it. Um, 
and yeah, but mostly the class. <laughs> if I'm honest, I'm trying to track that. Yeah. But it's it, it's different. Every day is different. It's like internal meetings, external meetings, things like this. Sure. Different types of teaching, traveling, having to be a mom, yeah. like finding my own time to be alone. That's a key thing for me these days is trying to figure out that window of time to clean the day out of my body. That um, moment for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've stopped going out a lot recently. We were just chatting about that before. Um, I've started to take the evenings to, like, really go in and be quiet. Yeah. So it's it's different. I mean, I, we could talk about that for a whole podcast probably because every day is so dynamic. <laughs> yeah. My day is different too. Yeah. But, I yeah, I, I like that my schedule is really different every day. Yeah, me but, too. But, you know, the... I, I love um, finding consistency in being busy, but not necessarily doing the same thing constantly. Then mm-hmm. I get bored and, you know, need yep. to go run around and I get itchy. You yeah. know what I mean? Get restless. I know it. Yeah. Um, so let, let's actually talk about that a little bit because one of the questions on here is, do you make time for rest? So what does that practice yeah. look like for you right well, now? It's funny because it's been such a new thing for me recently. Um, and I was joking with Natalie Kuhn, who's one of our founding teachers the other day, that I've been practicing active aloneness. She's like, that's a mm. funny term. And that's just what I keep calling it, where when I'm alone, I'm actively alone. And mm. I'll write or I'll get in the bath or I'll light a candle or I'll food prep or I'll play music or I'll, I'll just lay down and relax, put my legs up the wall and really take time with myself. I think this word self-care is so overused and under embodied these days because mm-hmm. it's one of those words you're like, oh, self-care, oh, great, I should do it, I don't. Sure. But I've really, I've been in a lot of huge transitions in my, my life professionally and personally and to spend enough time getting to know myself mm-hmm. on a different level is so important for me right now. So when I do let people into my life in any sort of relationship business-wise or otherwise, that I have spent enough time with myself that the person that I do let in actually matters. Because I've definitely always been the girl that like, oh, well, you want my phone number? You want to get a coffee? You want this? You want to like hang out? Even with students. And like, it just became too enmeshed and and I became really drained by it. So I've tried to pull back and actively create aloneness so I can get this conversation right with myself where I just go face first into community and music and busyness and like it's it's disrupting my ability to stabilize myself I feel more restless that way yeah that's very interesting um yeah I think also just being in New York is is challenging you know there's a different uh frequency here even if you're alone in your apartment (laughs) because you can hear the sirens just that there's an energy here that you're is not in the earth. Yeah, exactly. Like when I'm upstate, it's totally different. Even if you're just walking down Main Street of, you know, some town up there, it's very different than walking down Broadway here, right? So even in your aloneness, there's a different kind of energy here. And so I think that we have to practice that aloneness extra hard. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Like really focus on it. Yeah. I, I do. A hundred percent. And just the idea of doing a little bit of inquiry around Mm -hmm. your aloneness as opposed to going on your phone. Yeah. You know, just break the pattern and then find out what's going on in there. Yeah. I think for me, um, I'm trying to get comfortable with um, aloneness that is not lonely. Right. You know what I mean? So sort of, again, like changing that relationship. And because I remember, uh, you know, when you're a kid and you're like alone in your room, it feels wonderful. 
You know what I mean? You like get that break and that personal time. And then, you know, over the past couple of years, I've associated being alone with, with loneliness. And I think that that's something that I've had to sort of overcome. And I'm working on that right now where I can just find peace in being alone instead of constantly feeling like, oh, I, I should be out. I should be at a dinner. I should be on a date. I should be you know, trying to improve my life with other people in some way. Yeah, because the interesting thing, if you really consider what it is, you're not alone, you're with yourself. Yeah, totally. I'm like, I'm pretty nice. Yeah, and that's the thing. (laughs) As it turns out. You know, I was joking about something the other day about like when we hear love songs or we hear something and we're in the middle of heartache or heartbreak or anything Mm -hmm. and it activates this feeling in us where we think that we have to relate that song to a romantic partner Mm -hmm. or some sort of pain that went on. But you can take that song and actually direct it toward yourself. And mm-hmm. it might sound a little cheesy or trite at first, but just try it. Okay. And like that getting to know like, wow, this is a really beautiful experience yeah. of being with myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is new to me too. I mean, I've had to really actively try to relearn behaviors around taking care of myself just mm-hmm. because of the beautiful gift of uh, trauma that's been given to me for my early life, which I've worked with and I'm still working on. But, um, you know, and I think we all have a a bit of that uh, in different levels and capacities of, or uh, levels of difficulties. But um, yeah, just try it. Like you're not alone. You're with yourself. I also think it's really helpful to hear from you because people really look up to you and they respect you and you're like, you're this guru. And so to hear from you that you are still doing work on yourself, I think is probably really meaningful for people who are at the beginning of their journey because the reality is the journey never really ends no you know what i mean like if you are actually like the buddha and you can find that (laughs) peace with yourself (laughs) yeah and i I laugh you know what i mean i laugh hearing people say that like i am just as you know i i don't envision or view or feel that way about myself at all like i am Mm -hmm. absolutely on the field with everyone and the same like we're just all like working toward the same thing, which is trying to find a healthy relationship with ourselves so that yeah. way we can have healthy relationships with other things, people, places, ideas, thoughts, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's We're, we're just constantly um, working on ourselves. And work, maybe not working on ourselves, but working with ourselves. Maybe that's a different way or to think about it. Or against yourself. And or that's the point yourself. of awareness. Like, which yeah. way are you working? Here? Yeah, that, I mean, truly, when I sort of go back to that story about my relationship with the anxiety, like, with everything in my life, I've tried to stop working against myself yeah. in, a, in every capacity. Yeah. And I'm so much happier now. Mm. And like I have more energy and, you know, I take better care of myself, you know. Yeah. Okay, I have, a, I have more questions for you. <laughs> uh, Taryn often says to get out of the mirror. Why does your class studio have mirrors, if you say that? It's interesting. Um, we went back and forth when I was building the studio because yeah. it can be a tool because you can go in the mirror if you want. Mm-hmm. So it takes some will focus to not go in the mirror while mm-hmm. they're there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we ended up having them. But we've been talking about taking them out recently. Interesting. When I go on retreat and I leave retreat or anywhere there's no mirrors, there's such a different experience. Mm-hmm. And it's not only for – so. That's one of the reasons. And, of course, people are like, it's a, it's a movement studio. You want to check your form. You can feel your form. You know, yeah. like, you don't, it's not an Iyengar class. Like, you don't need right. to have some sort of, like, visual. It's helpful. But so we've been talking about taking them out recently. Oh, that's interesting. But, yeah, but the, the intention was you use it. It's there if you want it. I use it so that I don't fall. <laughs> like, I feel I can find balance in my body when I look at myself in the mirror. Yep. Well, it's funny because. But I don't look in the mirror the whole time. 
You know what I mean? Well, you notice when you're there again, and that's yeah. the thing. You can also use it. It's also a teaching mechanism where when you are in the mirror, mm-hmm. this, the teacher will bring up, so what was that conversation just like? Yeah. Right? What, what are you saying to yourself when you're looking at yourself? Yeah. And is that working? Mm-hmm. And then reroute it if not. Do you ever get sore from your own workouts? Occasionally. So the question goes on further. It's like, does, some of the exercises kind of high impact all the jumping jacks, all that kind of stuff. Does it take a toll on your body? I like, feel really strong. Yeah. You know, I'm 41 and I do the class probably like seven to eight times a week. Well, so yeah, you're so fucking buff. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you do it, it and just, I've seen you in your body. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it just feels good to me. That yeah. is so I don't know if it's because it was birthed through me in a mm-hmm. series of movements. You can also modify anything, you know, the jacks and even the yeah. burpees. We do one round of burpees in class and we give modifications. Yeah, of course. We tell people to stand there and breathe if they want, you know. Totally. It's just the idea of be aware of what you're doing and modify well. Yeah. So sometimes when my body's not feeling great, I'll modify. And yeah. We just launched a class sculpt, which uh, has some weights on Mondays. So uh-huh. I, um, I've been sore from that just yeah. to add a little extra. Yeah, I guess it's true. Most people that create their own method, they do it because that's what feels good for their body. Totally. You know yeah. what I mean? We yeah. had Melissa Wood on and she created her method because she was like, this is what's right for me. Right. You know what I mean? So I think it is is totally personal. Okay. I have a couple um, questions about your routine, more routine. The first one. How do you get that amazing poof up dude to not fall out during class? <laughs> I tease it and I spray it. <laughs> And it falls out during class. I mean, my hair is a mess. I did chop it a while ago because it was just so over-teased. The problem was is I was in a bad cycle where I was teasing it because the ends were so bad so I didn't want to wear it down, mm. waiting for it to grow mm-hmm. so I could cut it so I could wear it down, and then yeah. I was in a vicious cycle. So I tease it too much. I don't know. I've always been like I used to have a big, massive bun on top of my head when I was 17. Uh-huh. I remember an ex-boyfriend of mine was like, why do you wear your hair like that? And it scarred me forever, and then I just decided to double down on it i love that whatever <laughs> it's like your signature look we got many questions about your hair by the way oh my gosh i love like this. tell us about the hair why do you always wear it like this how do you get it to be that way and stay that way teasing hairspray teasing hairspray people are obsessed with you <laughs> they are so strange we got so many questions it's wild truly okay um, what's your skincare and makeup routine when you exercise so much? Yeah. Um, I will always just wash my face after class mm-hmm. and then usually put whatever is on our shelves at the studio on when I'm teaching, because that's basically my medicine cabinet, anything that's sure, on the yeah. retail shelves. Um, but in the morning, you know, I, I'm, a, I love like Joanna Vargas, Barbara Sturm, yeah. like that. Um, and May Lindstrom, I use their stuff like on repeat. Mm-hmm. It's just clean and it feels good. Um, well, your face looks amazing. Literally, before we started recording, I looked up to you. I was like, your face looks amazing. It's like, a nice thing <laughs> to hear. Your skin is like epic. Oh, thank you. You know, I think it's really also an inside job of what's going on with the skin too. You know, yeah. you have to like take it from all angles. And I'm, I definitely like, I, I love good skincare and like, I'm always using massage tools and lymphatic things. Oh my God, and like, just I'm just, that. I'm like, I love the way that that's the gua sha, feels. the ice roller, yeah. the thing, yeah, the cryo thing and the yeah. new face info beep beep thing. And like, I yeah. go to the facials and get the things, all and, that stuff. Yeah. So do you approach, uh, wellness f- like within like is food medicine for you? Big time. Do you take, take supplements? Yeah. I'll Ta- take a probiotic. Talk and- to us about your, your, uh, your diet or your nutrition. Yeah. So in the morning I wake up, I do a big glass of warm water, lemon, a little turmeric, a little cayenne, and then I do some Udiana Banda just to get the digestive fire going. Why do you going. pick those things? 
Uh, well, lemon alkalizing, the mm-hmm. cayenne is a bit of a metabolism kind of booster and mm-hmm. acne fire starter. And then turmeric anti-inflammatory, we know all about okay. that. Whether the amount that I take actually does anything is, uh, I probably should look into that, but I like it. You like it. Yeah. And then I do a probiotic and then I do intermittent fasting every day, except for Sundays. Mm-hmm. I usually eat around 11. Sometimes if I'm, I like to, I like to do fasting workouts. I feel so much better doing mm. that. Um, so, and I've actually offered that out on a retreat cause we would go in the mornings and people would be at the big buffet table and just eating. And I offered to the room, like, just consider trying it out once. Are you really hungry or are you just training yourself that you need to eat? And it's just easier to move the body for me and to drop into that emotional processing when the belly's not full. So, mm-hmm. and a lot of people came up to me after and were like, that was actually really true. It was a much clearer, cleaner workout. Yeah. Sometimes I'll put some ghee in my coffee um, mm-hmm. and blend it on up. And then I do coffee, almond milk, monk fruit, blend it. Um, and then I'm pretty pescatarian for the mm. most part. So veggies. Um, I wrap everything in seaweed. I don't know why I have a seaweed obsession. It's like really good for you. Big yeah, sheets it's delicious. of seaweed. It's like kind of salty and crunchy. Well, I get the non-salted one, but <laughs> oh, yes, really? you can do the salted, but like, I'll just throw like some salmon in there. And I have a really strange Viennese obsession. Where do you get the seaweed wraps? Whole Foods. I go actually to the area where they have the sushi department as oh, opposed to like, interesting. um, and I'll just get like the unsalted, but the salted ones are great too. I mean, I just, I have like, I've always had things with puffy and when mm. I eat too much salt, it just, it's the way my body retains sure, it. Yeah. Um, and then just lots of veggies. And uh, I'm obsessed with these like Lily's dark chocolate chips. I eat those like it's my job, but they <laughs> upset my stomach sometimes. So I've kind of had to lay off. Um, they're monk fruit sweetened as well. And then, yeah. you know, eggs, omelets, like da la la la. It's just, you know, the normal thing that you would think probably somebody in health and wellness would eat. That's usually what I eat. Yeah. And then a little tequila with kombucha. At mm, night, delicious. Yeah, occasionally. So I started intermittent fasting at the beginning of the year, and I feel good. Yeah. I feel clear in my mind. Yeah. I feel happy. I feel like I have great energy. And when I started intermittent fasting, and I've l- lost a little bit of weight, which is nice, right? Like you, I feel like people at least begin to intermittent fast because they want some kind of weight loss benefit. And I didn't know if at the beginning it was because you're just consuming fewer calories every day or if there's actually a metabolic change happening in your body. But I I will say that after doing it for about eight to 10 weeks now, I just feel really good. Yeah. And I can't exactly pinpoint why scientifically. Well, what's really good? But I just feel really good. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing to note. And I've always been my own case study on things like that. Yeah. Test it out and see if it works for you. But go into a moment of reflection to see if it's shifted anything and then carry it on if it doesn't if it works and yeah. then move into another lane if it if it does not, and that's the thing. It's like each human being has a completely different structure. And yeah. will, but the beautiful thing about intermittent fasting, yes, I think most people, it's like one of those fad words and they do it and then you lose a couple pounds because I think in some ways like you're you're changing your relationship a bit to food, mm-hmm. but what's going on is that your digestive system is not using all of the energy. Your body's not using the energy for the digestive system, so it's yeah. going into cellular repair and brain, sure. all the things. So you probably feel better because your body is actually 
healing itself, yeah. giving it more time to regenerate. Well, I mean, in so many cultures in the world, fasting is just like a normal part of their religion, day-to-day stuff, culture, you know. And so in America, this is sort of like this new mind-blowing thing, but everybody else in the world has been intermittent fasting forever yeah. since the beginning of time. We're catching up. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we're, we're just discovering this, the secrets all of a sudden. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, tell me a little bit about your kids, if you want to. Oh, my gosh, my girls. Yeah. Yeah. They really are. They're so you know, fresh. I love they, them on Instagram. <laughs> I just, and you know, they're so different. So it's so interesting, the kind of nurture nature thing, yeah. because they were both raised the same way. Mm-hmm. And my older daughter, uh, Scarlett Letty is her name. She's like 10 feet tall because their father's six five, And she's so cerebral and like just has a book in her hand all the time mm-hmm. and is very, very much like her father. And my younger one is just, will take over the class one day loves to run around, is always making up new moves, is always expressing how she feels, is always calling herself out when she's hurt somebody's feelings and wants to talk through why. And it's just a beautiful thing to see that, you know, they actually are their their own individual human beings. It's not about really the way you raise them. Yes, that's in part. Mm-hmm. But um, I've just, I've been able to really heal a strong part of myself, um, especially with my younger daughter, because she reminds me so much of me. I mean, with both of them. but. Yeah. So when I'm doing some work on myself, that idea of like talking to yourself back then at that age, I'm actually able to look at her and be like, wow, that must have been really gnarly to have gone through that, the things that went down because I can see it just far enough removed to feel how that would feel if that happened to them, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's a really beautiful thing. And, you know, I didn't know if I, I I was never the mom that was like, oh, I, I, I have, I can't wait to have children. I can't wait to have a family. I was always very... I don't know, should I? And then I got pregnant and then I had my first. And I remember when she came out, it was really this overwhelming feeling of like, wow, my entire life in these X amount of seconds of meeting this child has been completely changed. Like Mm -hmm. you go into such a primal, like animalistic, you have this other thing that's so much beyond you and outside of you that you care and love. I never knew a love like that was possible. And then it gets gnarly, right? And then you have all the hormones and all the things. And then I actually think that's a lot of where I was able to understand the power of community. Mm. I used to have these big play dates that I put on this mom's board um, that at one point I had like 22 kids in my house. They were all six months old. (laughs) Their father came home and was like, what is going on right now? But I was always creating community and like sharing these experiences. So anyway, I could talk about them forever, but... I just, I'm overwhelmed with um, just like, I feel so lucky, you know? I really feel so lucky. I love that. Okay, two final questions. We ask everybody on the show these questions, mostly when I remember. Um, What is your secret ritual, wellness ritual? Hmm. Um, Well, (laughs) I'm a little bit weird like that. Uh, Sundays are my favorite day. I wake up and I heat my room and I, and I, I either do my digital class because I'm weird like that. I'm Mm -hmm. actually it's my off day and I'm like doing it at home (laughs) or I gather a group of girls and we'll do it in my living room. And then I do it on my bio mat. And then for my bio mat, I'll meditate on the bio mat and then I'll lay on the bio mat and put my feet in the chi machine and put an led face mask on and lay in there for 20 minutes. And then from there I get into the hot, no, I swear to God, this is in my bedroom (laughs) and I'm like in my like glory moment. And then I go into this higher dose infrared blanket yeah. And you lay in that and oh, you sweat. you own one of those? Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. And then from there I get into the shower and I do three minutes of cryo. 
Um, that's all in like two hours and it's actually my favorite day. And I've gathered all those things over like the past like eight years because, you know, they're not cheap. No, so they're not. So you would just get your eye on one thing and then I would like Google it and you go on the thing and they're telling you like don't buy the fake one because it's, you know, it's going to break your body and then you buy the fake one and you realize it's great. You know, like sure. but I spent a long time gathering these things. So that's really my like favorite kind of self-care I love that. thing. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, my last question, what is – one thing you do now that you wish you had learned earlier in your life. Oh gosh. And like you are a wellness guru. So like really, really think it's the idea of learning how to be alone Mm, yeah, and to have a healthy relationship. It's not, you can either view it as loneliness or active aloneness. You know, I mean, there's, it's really the, you know, you see what you look for in terms of that. And, if you can learn how to be alone and and create a healthy relationship around that, um, I think that that's something that I'm I'm learning right now, and I'm really grateful for it. I love that. I think that's a good place to end. Where can our listeners find you? Theclass.com. Um, or yeah, we're on we're on the gram at the class, and I'm also just Taryn Toomey. Awesome. Um, and we'll see you all the time. Thank you. Thank you.